I'm Afshin Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE. Amidst the genocide in Palestine today in eight months' time, the country behind it will choose whether to elect Donald Trump again as president. That much may look even clearer after tomorrow's Super Tuesday, even if President Trump eventually has to pardon himself to be released from prison. Joining me now from Abu Dhabi here in the UAE is the official who was Donald Trump's White House Communications Director, Anthony Scaramucci. Thank you so much for uh, coming back on the show, Anthony, and, uh, and joining us in the UAE where we've moved to since, uh, since we were uh, in uh, London. I better ask just off the top, you've been with yeah. the uh, finance minister of the uh, UAE. Uh, wh why, why, why have you been with them and uh, how come uh, you're in the UAE? Well, listen, I've been, I've been coming to the region since 2005. Um, I have a I have a relationship with your dear president here. Uh, uh, Sheikh Mohammed and I go back a few decades. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, both in New York and DC. Uh, as you may or may not know, in addition to my asset management company, I have a conference business. And so I started a expansion of that conference business in 2019. So we've done our conference known as SALT, the SALT conference, four times here in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and we've recently teamed up with Investopia. And so the finance minister here runs that. And so I brought a legion of people from New York and from around the world uh, to showcase this beautiful country and this amazing city, Abu Dhabi. We're here for many different reasons, but this is the place to do business. And as I tell people in the United States, this is uh, a country of the future. Uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai are cities of the future. Um, and these are uh, great places to do business. And frankly, the hospitality here in this part of the world is second to none. But of course, what is concentrating the minds all across this region is the genocide in Gaza. I mean, when you watch communications directors at the White House, Biden's White House, talking about it as they uh, vote against ceasefires, one ceasefire at the UN Security Council, which was, of course, which is, of course, from the UAE, uh, when the UAE was on the rotating uh, Security Council. I mean, do you think you could have ever stood up in front of a podium for representing the White House uh, after the White House had ordered the UN envoy for the United States to veto a ceasefire? Even Britain abstained? So, I mean, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated uh, situation. And uh, thankfully, in many ways, I'm, I'm not in politics any longer. And, and you, you, you're a gracious person, so you left out the fact that I got fired from the Trump administration after 11 days, which is probably the shortest stay for anybody in a political administration. Uh, and I was fired primarily because I was arguing with Donald Trump about a number of different things where we didn't see eye to eye, and it was he was the president, he had the right to fire me. Um, and so I've been humbled by life, I've been humbled by markets, and obviously... This is a terribly tragic situation, so I don't want to understate it, and I'm very sensitive to what is happening. And, and you know, I'm, I'm named after a World War II veteran. My uncle fought on Normandy Beach. Uh, he was wounded there. Uh, he received the Purple Heart. Uh, as you recall, there were 60 million people killed in World War II. Imagine the destruction that took place in World War II and the number of people that were killed innocent people, civilians, servicemen. And so what we know about war is it's absolutely horrific. And so I'm hopeful and praying every day for a ceasefire and the end of 
ending of the killing of innocent people. Yeah, but as I said, it's um, Biden so, that's vetoing so, it, and this region knows it's Biden vetoing it, and but, Biden's but, bombing but let me, other countries. But let, me, but, but let me stop you for a second, because you brought me on for a reason, because I think you want me to delve into the complexity no, of No, no, not necessarily. I want to talk to you about crypto as well. Okay. And I know we can't talk about the amazing book okay. that you okay, have but, in, a, but, in a while. But, 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 I, but I, I have to say this to you because I think it's important for your viewers and listeners to hear it because I, I want to be as balanced as possible. And I have, I have friends on both sides of this conflict. Um, uh, you know, you've got, you know, you, you, you got to get a deal in place that both sides can agree to. Uh, and, uh, you know, my Israeli friends are not going to like me for saying this, but when you have a hard right leaning government, it's very hard to get to that intersection. Uh, my friends that live in Israel do not want this to go any further, but they with, also Sorry, want with respect, Anthony, I wasn't hostage. really talking about Israel. I was talking about okay. the White House and the performance of where well, you well, used you, to work you, you know in vetoing that, the ceasefire. Come on, but, I mean, but you know that it's our strongest ally in the region, and you know that the veto decision was made uh, at the suggestion of the Israeli government. And it puts the American government in a very tough bind because of the 80-plus year history there. Uh, but you also know that working behind the scenes, uh, whether it's Jake or Tony, they're working super hard on trying to get to that ceasefire. Nobody, nobody wants this war, and nobody wants the horror of this war. But, but I, I, I understand the anger, and I understand the response, and I understand the description of what's going on. And so I'm not... I'm not here to defend anybody, but I'm here to tell you that when you're in government, you get a really bad hand. You're dealt between making decisions where one is really bad and one is like four times worse than that one. And so there's no easy decision in the American government. And let me just say this last thing, because I did read through the president, presidential daily brief, uh, not just for 11 days, but they give you 60 prior days. And the complexity of these situations, if they get to the desk of the president, it's because there were thousands of people around the uh, the, the government that couldn't make the decision. So, um, you know, those are my two cents there. But I, listen, I appreciate you bringing me on. I'm happy to talk about. Well, I did. I didn't want to. Want to I, I know I'm, I'm not supposed to talk about I the want, book, I but I understand. I understand you explained I'm, I'm to president. I understand you explained to President Trump when you were in the White House about the Middle East, and it uh, revolved around a famous British actor. Well, I mean, you know, listen, Trump is the most vacuous, intellectually incurious person uh, that I've met at that level. And so, you know, talk about the brief, he didn't read the brief, but he had no idea what the difference was between a, a, a Sunni and a Shia. He didn't understand what the Sykes-Picot Treaty was or what the border disputes are here in these tribal lands as a result of that treaty and the evacuation of those empires from this area and the constant tribal and border disputes here. Uh, but he's a very insecure guy and he's a, a guy that overcompensates with all of that hyper-masculinity. And so you can't talk to Mr. Trump and educate him about something. You have to tell him a story. And so if H.R. Uh, McMaster in the Oval Office tried to explain the difference between a Sunni and a Shia, he would be rebuked by Trump and bullied because Trump didn't want you to know that he didn't know. Uh, and so I found a way to talk to him about these things, and that was by telling him stories. And so I was on his plane with him, and I said, hey, you know, do you remember Lawrence of Arabia? 
And of course, he did remember that movie, which came out in 1962. And we talked a little bit about Peter O'Toole, who played T.E. Lawrence in the movie. But then I said to the president, do you, you remember what the plot line was of the movie? And he didn't. And then, of course, I took him through the Sykes-Picos Treaty, and I took him through what actually happened uh, and why, in the words of David Frompkin, who wrote a very uh, uh, interesting book about this region 35 years ago, why this was a piece to end all peace. And so, so you know, and that's the only way you could educate a guy like him on stuff like this. He, he didn't understand that the general agreement of trade and tariffs eventually morphed into the World Trade Organization. He didn't understand the origination of the Bretton Woods Treaty or the understanding of the IMF or the, or the World Bank or the world court system, all of the architecture that was put in place at the end of World War II. He certainly doesn't like NATO. He, he doesn't understand that treaty. He doesn't understand how that treaty has led to great peace and prosperity around the world. And it certainly helped the Middle East, that treaty, in so many different ways. Well, I think uh, there are few people that would, so, uh, few people would disagree with you that uh, on that about NATO. Okay, well, they're, they're, but I think a number of disagree. But quite a few people will be shocked at the story. They're entitled to disagree on Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, those were two failed missions by the United States, and we did invoke Article Five for those missions. So they're entitled to that. But I'm talking more broadly about the introduction of a peacekeeping force to defend the free world against tyrants and hegemons. That uh, is apologies, Anthony, but that I'm speaking to you from a region where there's literal genocide as considered by the Arab League. So it's very difficult to talk about any positives from that, uh, whether one is accused then of being a Trump apologist or not. But the fact is, Arab Americans are not going to vote for Biden, and they're crucial for Biden at this coming up election. Oh, I disagree. Uh, let's make a gentleman's bet on that. The, the, the Arab Americans in Dearborn County uh, they voted undecided. They didn't vote for Mr. Biden's adversary. Uh, and I, I think those people who resoundingly voted for Joe Biden last time will show back up for him. And I'll, I'll make a prediction on your air uh, that we'll get to a peace treaty. I think the president understands how important it is to have peace and to end this death and destruction in the regions. But Donald Trump would be an absolute unmitigated disaster for this region because he's a lapdog for Vladimir Putin. And as you know, Putin is very close to the Iranian government now. Uh, he's been given arms by the Iranians. He's selling his oil through them. And so you can't have a lapdog president who's beholden to Putin, who happens to be beholden to Iran. Why have so you changed so I much since I last people. spoke? You changed so much on this story. Even in what you've been writing about, you've called it the Russia hoax, effectively the kind of uh, propaganda on MSNBC, et cetera. No, 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 I no, just no, don't understand where this I new Anthony Scaramucci no, is coming on. from. You gotta be fair, you gotta be, you gotta be fair. I called the Russian collusion story a hoax. The interference that Russia engaged in in the election, that was definitively proved no, so No, it wasn't, so. there is no evidence even, whatsoever it, it from was, one you're, report you're after not, another. Why would Donald Trump, why would Donald Trump himself in July of 2017 signed that sanctions bill. Uh, if there was no interference by the Russian government in the US election, what I said was that the Trump campaign in 2016 did not collude with the Russian government. Frankly, we, we weren't even capable of colluding with ourselves, let alone the Russian government. So there was, there was a hoax related to that. 
but there was empirical evidence through the social media accounts and the disinformation campaign by the GRU that they were meddling in the government. All and subsequent reports have shown that that's not true. I mean, one can see source that, after source, but, but let's go to why Iran. You just said Iran, that, right? Why would Donald Trump sign that sanctions bill if that if that wasn't true? Well, he was moving the military why, into why Ukraine he simultaneously he's, he's, he's on Russia's border. He's a border. Russian lover. He's a Russian lover. He doesn't like the idea that people think that Putin helped him win that election. So why would he sign that sanctions bill if what I just said wasn't true? But we're talking about Donald J. Trump. Why did he send the military into Ukraine? To, on Russia's borders. But you mentioned Iran there, which is interesting. I mean, I, I, what Trump, surprises Trump me, Anthony, is that you weren't like this a year ago or so when you were on the show. Iran has signed uh, deals now with Saudi Arabia, with the UAE. There's been a detente and peaceful progress going on in this region before the Americans started pouring weapons into Israel to uh, do what they're doing in Gaza. And, of course, so the Americans we, are bombing not, Iraq and Syria at the moment. Well, hold on a second. You're, you're being very unbalanced. So we're, we're not going to mention the October 7th massacre that took place in Israel, right? We're not going to mention the terrorist attack that took place where innocent people in Israel were killed. We're going to pretend that that didn't happen? No, I, I didn't even... I mean, given the okay, situation okay, now so, is compared so, so, to Auschwitz, of course that. Okay, of course that. Okay, Hang on a minute, though, Anthony. Okay, so, so, Anthony so Scaramucci, that, I'll just stop you there. Anthony, Anthony Scaramucci, I'll stop you there. More from the former White House communications director after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with the former White House Communications Director, Anthony Scaramucci. Anthony, you were uh, talking about the horrors of uh, October the 7th and the attack. We've got to call this show... We got to call this show going way underground. I mean, I'm getting. We are underground. Like a, We're always I'm underground. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like having, I'm like having a missile strike here. Okay. All right. Keep going. <laughs> I, I think I, what I was reflecting on was you weren't uh, so into these uh, MSNBC talking points of uh, Trump is there with Russia. He's Russia's. Uh, no, no, don't tell me to say you're, you're not before. being fair to me. I. I, I supported Joe Biden in the 2020 election. You're not being fair to me. Yeah, this no, no. I'm talking specifically about the Russian collusion. No, I agree. I, I, I have said, I had to testify to the Senate Intelligence Committee that there was no Russian collusion. I, I didn't say, remember, there's a difference between Russian collusion and GRU meddling, the intelligence services On Facebook, in Russia you meddling. Are you talking about Facebook posts changing the election? I'm, 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 I'm talking about direct influence in the internal mechanism of the United States not just Facebook posts, but but you're, you you seem to indicate that Facebook posts are okay for foreign adversaries to enter into anonymous accounts on Facebook, making them look real to manipulate people in the United States. I thought the real the hacking that was going on was by the DNC. Um, but but let's I think you know what? Let's go actually come to think okay. of it. Ukraine. Uh, we I, haven't. I mean, but listen. I mean, listen. Again, Donald Trump signed that sanction bill. So don't go by me. Go by your Lord and Savior. By sanction bill, do you okay, mean he, you mean the waiver going. of sanctions or sanctions on Russia? No, no. He 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 imposed punitive sanctions on the Russian government exactly. in July of 2017. Okay, you go go back and look. I was Well exactly. So he's obviously not a Russian poodle, is he, for doing that? No, he is not a dummy. He knew that. 
if he didn't sign it, it would have gotten overridden in the Congress, and he had the facts against them. He didn't necessarily want to sign it, but when you have facts like that and you're going to get overridden in the Congress by not signing it, of course you sign it. But no, he's a lapdog, <clears throat> very different from a poodle. Poodles sometimes bite back. A lap dog sits there and just purrs. Okay, so well, he, he's worse than a poodle. Okay, well, and, by, and by the way, he is very dangerous. You mark my words, okay, because he's got a chance to win this election. I predict he won't win it, but he is extremely dangerous for this side of the world. Extremely dangerous. Okay, I mean, obviously, people see Biden as being so dangerous <clears throat> that we've seen. Um, I mean, what are we, tens of thousands of women and children killed, people comparing it proportionally to Auschwitz, the worst women and child casualty rate uh, in any war proportionately and the equivalent of five Hiroshima bombs because That's of Biden's support right? for Israel. I, Why do you support Biden, given that his, the special counsel, Robert well, Hur, even said Biden not, uh, is old and can't remember things? I, I would take old and can't remember things over deranged and delusional. I mean, somebody said, compared him to Weekend at Bernie's, I would take that over one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You don't, you don't want a crazy person in that position. You've got Donald Trump on tape fomenting an insurrection at the Capitol. You have his chief of staff, a white man by the name of Mark Meadows, who ran the Freedom Caucus in the House of Representatives, was a Tea Party member, okay, and he was the chief of staff for Donald Trump testifying against him as a chief witness. That's not a Soros-sponsored MSNBC talking point. The chief witness for the prosecution that has the records of Mr. Trump's premeditation to foment that insurrection is testifying against hey, him. We, so, so we had John Bolton on this show. We know. We know who he appointed. The good or bad of America, whatever you think of America, the good or bad, the rule of law in America and the institutions of the democracy and the relative stability of that is something that you want over a tyrant who wants to wreck those institutions and destroy uh, something that's actually been a direct benefit, a net benefit to the world. Okay, well, the people the controlling him. In the, in the first part, you talked about Jake and Anthony. Um, I, I don't know how well you know him. Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken. What are these people like? Because they're clearly at the center of policy that's affecting this region and uh, unifying this region uh, well, I, in a, uh, in a way I, against I American policy like no other issue in history. I don't, I don't, I don't work for the American government sure. anymore. No, I, I just wondered if you knew them. I don't want to speak for them, but I, I can say that both of those men uh, want peace. Both of those men are working around the clock to come up with a peaceful solution. But Blinken is literally a defense uh, contractor, wasn't he? West exec, <clears throat> it's a military defense contractor client. He, he financially benefits um, from war. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you, you, you want to get into that? We can, I'm happy to get into that. I'm not in love with the rotisserie circuit that goes on in America. You have big pharma people entering the FDA. The FDA people are going back into big pharma and big food. You have defense contractors going into the Defense Department, out of the Defense Department. I'm not in love with that. There are parts of the system that absolutely need reform. But you're asking me about uh, Secretary of State Blinken as a person. I believe he's a very balanced guy. I believe he's a moderate. And I believe he is seeking desperately a peaceful solution to this crisis. Okay. Well, maybe one issue you're kind of more for Trump 
would be crypto. Biden's uh, sanctions while he's been president have been so widespread that oh. more and more crypto uh, is being used. Okay. What, where do you... Okay, okay so... Go ahead. So, so maybe, maybe I mean, again, and I want to be fair to you because maybe you haven't read the Constitution, uh, but I've read the Constitution and took constitutional law in law school. There are three articles in that Constitution, and there's a separation of powers in the Constitution. So the good news for people in crypto, uh, if there's an overreach, if there's an executive overreach by the SEC, it gets challenged in the courts, uh, and there's a fair and flat system and lots of predictability to our laws. And so all of that overreach has been rebuked by the court system in the United States. And so if you're asking me what I want, the destruction of the democracy uh, uh, and for somebody that really doesn't even understand crypto, has publicly said he hated Bitcoin until this election, this would be Donald J. Trump, or somebody that respects the democracy uh, and has overreached and now been rebuked by the court system, I'm going with the maintenance and the stability of the democracy and the rule of law in the United States. And remember, the predictability of our laws, okay, is what's led to the greatest capital flow that the civilization has ever seen. Okay, yeah, hang on, America. A there is no predictability because assets are being frozen of foreign uh, uh, nationals and uh, sovereign funds overseas during the Biden administration. People haven't been able to uh, believe they, they can store wealth in the okay. United States because of sanctions policy, and the BRICS and Shanghai Cooperation Organization are strengthening. Isn't that what's been happening over the Biden years? It, again, again, you don't want to talk about talking points. These are like underground, going underground, going deep <laughs> underground talking points. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you're saying is just not accurate. If you want to say that the United States has weaponized the dollar and has used the dollar to, to have uh, punishing sanctions against a regime like Iran, or they impose punishing sanctions against a aggressor like Russia, who invaded the sovereign land of the Ukraine. Uh, okay, of course they're doing that. But you're talking about a free person who's I think a law 50 other countries person. as well. You're, 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 okay, so you're trying to pretend uh, and I'll use the word pretend with bold font that the United States acts indiscriminately and with a lack of predictability. That's not true. The, the UAE is celebrating right now the fact that they're off the gray list. Uh, and we know how important it is uh, to have this flow of capital. Uh, but come on, let's face it, it's a very predictable system. If you're a bad actor in the system, like Russia or Iran, uh, you're punished in the system. If you're a, an innocent sovereign or you're an innocent civ civilian, you're not punished by the system. You have to be. You have to be fair. You have to be accurate in what you're saying. Well, so you don't see any decline in that system over the Biden years, because clearly India has been supporting Russia uh, with buying the energy. Yeah. So is China. Well, well, listen, Latin the, America the, is on the, on the other side. The entire global the, south is... The, the media reports this. You're reporting it. You're a member of the media. But the data does not suggest this. Okay, The dollar is in a tighter band of supremacy today than it's been in the last 50 years. Moreover, under the Biden administration, the U.S. stock market's at an all-time high. The economy's booming to rel relative to other countries, specifically the Chinese economy. And so what you're saying, I get that they're making announcements and they are creating press releases around it, but it's actually not happening. Now, if you're making a broader case 
that if the United States doesn't figure this out and seek peace and more comity with the Chinese, and we don't get a ceasefire in the Ukraine and a ceasefire in the Middle East, uh, will there be problems down the road? I agree with that. Okay, nobody wants peace more than me. I, I am from a family of U.S. Army veterans, and I'm from a family where people in my family have been wounded in war. And so I know the garishness, I know the gruesomeness of war, and so nobody wants peace more than me. But you, if you're going to say that the U.S. has lost dollar supremacy as a result of these sanctions, it's a great talking point, but there's no evidence of that. I've been on Wall Street for 35 years, and uh, you know what, whether people like it or not, the U.S. economy is growing, uh, and the stock market's at an all-time high during the Biden administration. It may not be reaching the American people, but clearly uh, you're, you're right about the U.S. economy versus, say, Western European economies, which are uh, falling apart, arguably. And China, arguably. and China. Uh, and China. China. Yeah, but some say that uh, the Chinese economy is a little bit more complicated than that, as we hear from the Chinese uh, uh, finance ministry. You know, Oliver Stone has been on this show for a few, a few times and wanted uh, mm -hmm. Biden to release the JFK papers. He didn't. Do you think uh, all these different forces in U.S. society will assassinate Trump if it's likely that he wins the presidency, given the uh, the rage that those against him uh, feel about the so, threatening well, to first the of US all, I, that goes on under him? First of all, I love I love my anarchist friend Oliver Stone. I have been in uh, one of his movies. I was in Wall Street two uh, 15 years ago. Uh, he, he let me play myself, and I've had a 15 year friendship with him. Uh, but the U.S. government did not kill John F. Kennedy. And I was with President Trump when the decision was made to withhold those documents uh, from the American public. And I'll make a prediction. Nobody will see those documents until long after all of us are dead. And so maybe your grandchildren will tell you by saying Why? what actually happened. Why? Uh, well, because there are sources and methods inside the documents that explain how human intelligence is gathered around the world. And these practices really haven't changed over the last 60 years. And so the United States is not going to wantonly release this information so that our human intelligence agents can be killed around the world. It's just not gonna happen. So, so um, and Oliver's incorrect, okay? I'm not gonna say that Leo Harvey Oswald was the killer, but Oliver's incorrect. The US government had nothing to do with it. And uh, the U.S. government is protecting Donald Trump. He has full Secret Service protection. And uh, there's nobody going to assassinate him, God forbid. I want to beat Trump in the intellectual marketplace of ideas. I want to beat him at the ballot box because he's an unstable person and he's a craven person. Uh, but nobody wants to see his death, God forbid. Um, and, the, and, and the United States, through the Secret Service, their reputation is at stake. They haven't lost the president since John Kennedy, although, uh, although Ronald Reagan was shot in 1981. Um, and they certainly don't want President Biden, God forbid, or President Trump, God forbid, hurt in any way. So I don't, I don't buy into the conspiracy garbage around that. Anthony Scaramucci, you're going to come on when the book is out in April. Thank you so much. I mean, are we, what are we going to, I mean, what, are we going to call the show Going to Hades by that time? I mean, going what? You're rough, man. You're rough. We're not Hades. All Hades. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the it's the uh, Latin word for hell. You know, think about going underground. We're going deep, man. We're going deep into the center of the earth. Anthony Scaramucci, thank you. Good to be on.
That's it for the show. Our continued condolences to those bereaved by the UK-US-EU on bombing in Palestine, Lebanon, Yemen, Syria and Iraq. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Saturday. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media. If it's not censored in your country, and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Saturday.